This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. Thank you for being our friends. We are here to record again. Let's jump back in time and talk 80s TV shows. And if you're under 40 and you only know a few... Only know of you. You will see our attempt at comedy. And if you listen to the end, we'll like you more than a friend. Uh, that's not <laughs> a guarantee. <laughs> Might be from me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's Good job, Kate. Great. Thanks great. for jumping in there, guys. Yeah, I One feel take. geriatric and joyful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to Vegas. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show. Our Twitter winner cover songs edition. So fun. So yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Official official statement. Hey, thanks for being so nice, Twitter. <laughs> sorry. Maybe. Sorry. Apologetic, maybe? Say, I'm, I mean, I want to apologize for you guys being mean. You were, you were, uh, you were a little filled with venom. I was a little bit, and I, I maybe it came across too strong. Probably it was real. Uh, but thanks for being so nice. I, you guys are great. I love you. There's no... There's no problem here. But hey, <laughs> speaking of... Zach, blink twice if you need help. It's okay. I just got a, a Twitter knife to my back. No. But seriously, thank you for everybody being so nice. It's fun. In addition to that, we also have a comment I really enjoyed from Mr. Todd Callen, featured on the show many times. And may I say, he has great hair. My wife and I got into a heated debate over which version of The Sound of Silence is better, which is funny to me because it wasn't on the show. In fact, it got mentioned all the time. And may I just ask, Why? Why do people like this song it's, so it's much? It's the new hotness. It's not. That's like five years ago. But what yeah. I mean is if this, if we've done that show, if we've done the show early, Bacon Cell people are like, why isn't Mad World on there? Yeah. Yeah. Know. She likes the terrible Disturbed cover, which is a bold take, I guess. Uh, and I appreciate the vastly superior original version by Simon and G. Great episode. I love the shout outs to me first in the Gimme Gimme's. They also covered Over the Rainbow. So what we're saying is don't listen with your spouse because it may cause issues. No, what we're saying is Bacon Cell sparks discussion. Debate. Oh, uh-huh. Sure. Healthy. Yes. Healthy debate. debate between spouses. It's always healthy when the opening line is well you're wrong yeah <laughs> well and, and people were like why didn't you do the sound of silence and we're like well we had to save some stuff for yeah, next time we have enough songs but also send more yeah, we, I've already added some to the to the playlist. Awesome. There was the all, suggestion great list. suggestions. Thank you so much. In, in fact, there were also additional suggestions for the other versions of Twitter Winner as well mm-hmm. uh, for for the uh, like same song titles and things awesome. like that. So yeah. thank you so much. We absolutely love that. And then also, uh, gentlemen, uh, can we just give ourselves a little pat on the back? Always do. Um, for we actually got a compliment from Marley Farron. <laughs> what? Who said, hey, look at that. You got something right. One of my favorite songs is the better version of Mad World. Which yeah, I'm it felt like a backhanded cool. compliment at the it same was, time. It was. It yeah. was. Sure, but you got to take the victories where they come. Yeah, because once again, and it's always funny. Marley Farron goes on every version of social media and tells us we're wrong every every bracket, <laughs> and it's it's honestly like it's like like having cereal in the morning. You just need it to get through. Uh, so I appreciate it. <laughs> and then additionally, um, many people uh, made comments about the episode art. Yes, um, I just want to thank you, Kent, for your Photoshop skills for making it look like we really three grown men <laughs> climbed into a bed together. And had our photo taken Wait, somehow. But if, if it's Photoshop, how did the blanket crease that the, way if we were all gotten the same so good. You've gotten so... Compare that to season Are one. Are you just trying to not mention who or what took our picture? <laughs> Save it for the end of the year. There's yeah. no way that anyone was hovering over with a camera. <laughs> oh, my word. It wasn't awkward at all. Thank you so much for putting together that episode art and haunting my dreams. Thank you. Yeah. You looked very disturbed in that picture. Just kind of, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? 
also, hey, 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 while we hey. have your attention, our anniversary show oh, yeah. is coming up. Our again? Yes. It's I feel a, like we just did that last year. We did, well, yes. Uh, but we made another re- revolution around the sun, and so we are going to be doing our anniversary show coming up in a couple weeks. Keep an eye on our social media pages, mm-hmm. because very soon we will be posting a link to our pre-quiz. This is a chance where you can uh, take a quiz, take a chance yep. on us. And, and see, qualified. see if you're qualified to be. Just so you know, there will be an ABBA question this year. That's all. Oh, in the show? Spoilers. There will be. Study up. Yeah. <laughs> it's all okay. Study it's up. all ABBA based. It's actually, yeah. <laughs> Every question is about ABBA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I hope you know how to spell Swedish names. No, uh, but yes, keep an eye on our social media page. We've got the pre quiz coming up, which means uh, you could have a chance to come here on Bacon Sale and see if you have what it takes to be our new listener with a capital L. And truthfully, if you don't think that you will do that well, don't give up before you've even tried. Just jump on there. Honestly, try yeah. it. Well, because the quiz is supposed, it's intended to be fun anyway. It's, we're we're yeah. trying to make it uh, fun. But also, funny. honor call. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. Don't yes, cheat. We, we, we say at the beginning, don't look up answers online. Because if you cheat on that and then come on the show and get Demolished. Like completely demolished. Uh, it's happened. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, try anyway because, hey, maybe the person that got a higher score than you can't make it. Yeah, so exactly. we want we want as many people to have a chance as possible. Yes. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? We're talking about the 1980s, Joel. <laughs> Zach, where were you born? I was born in 1990. So you, you don't. You don't have much reference for well, the 80s. But, but we're talking about TV shows in the 1980s, which a lot of them were also playing in the 90s and 2000s. But why would I and Kent do that to you? Why would we be so cruel as to talk about a subject? I mean, we're selfish, but we're not that selfish. Where you were barely even a whisper. I have been bad on the show lately, and I'm going in timeout. Or, <laughs> we should probably bring someone else on. And we have... Or, alternatively, we have a guest. Yes, we do. We'd like to welcome to the show Casey Cummings. <laughs> Thank you. Casey. Uh, Casey, this isn't because you won the action movie bracket with your choice of Die Hard, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that happened to be coincidence where it was like, oh, yeah, he won and he's coming on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, that's great. Everything's coming up Casey right now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on that case, The Matrix wins. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I see. I see how it is. <laughs> but Casey, why don't you introduce yourself to the listener and let them know a little bit about who you are? Uh, well, I am a longtime Bacon Cell listener. Uh, you start season two, right? No. That's the right time to start? I... I started episode one. Oh, we're season so sorry. One. Oh, yeah. first time, long time over here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I am a local. I live just about 12 minutes away from the bacon cave. Oh, that's okay. lucky. That's way shorter than Joel and I. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, unlike Zach, I was born in 1977. So I am well familiar with 80s TV. Okay. In fact, yeah, I don't really so watch a ton of TV nowadays. I watched a lot more in the 80s. So this is your idea slash fault yes. that we're doing this yeah, show. Yeah, he actually, he, he kind of came up and said, hey, I'm a patron of Bacon Sale at uh, I'm listener level. I get, I get a, to sponsor a show. I would like to do an 80s TV show. Like he had an idea right out of mm-hmm. the gate. And I was like, all right. Like, hey, that sounds like bacon sale. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. That sounds like us. And But you did have a stipulation, if I recall. What what was your stipulation for a, a quote-unquote what makes an 80s so show an 80s I show? wanted, it had at least 50% of the total seasons have to be in the 80s. Yes. So I don't want you to pick, like, I didn't want people picking a 1989 show. Yeah. Which there was, there was a lot of them. I had three choices. Like, for example, like, Full House started in 1989. Right. But Most of it. it aired in 1990. Right. So right. we cannot include a show like no. that. So like, or Ninja I, Turtles, for example. Yeah. yeah. And, and there are some shows that even just tipped barely into the 90s. And mm-hmm. I was like, dang it. So it was a good restriction to put on us because it did kind of corral us into a certain mindset that I, 
I probably would have gone with easy answers a lot of people know. And then I went, you know what? I'm going to go a little more 80s hipster on this one. But before we get into the actual topic of the day, we do have some questions since you're a guest, Casey. Ew. We have our questions here for, for our guests that come on the show. Uh, there's a series of 11 questions currently. Even if you don't have a strong opinion about it, Casey, we'd like you to just give an answer and then you'll make one of us very happy and one of us slightly annoyed. Well, as always, you'll hear in the background them going, yes, no. <laughs> and you can't tell who's who, but just know that one of us is happy. Are you ready, Casey? I am. Okay. Question number one. Which is better, Karate Kid or Karate Kid 2? Karate Kid. Yes. <laughs> Which is worse, Star Wars Episode 1 or Star Wars Episode 2? Episode 2. Yes. Do you rate movies using stars or letter grades? Letters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the more America movie, Rocky Four or Independence Day? Well, Rocky Four ended the Cold War, so I'm going to say Rocky Four. Yes. Independence Day ended the Alien War. Uh-huh. Uh, is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Halloween. Yes. <laughs> Buffy or X-Files? X-Files. Yes. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? Star Wars. Oh, yes. Which is the more... I like it. You, li- you like it's Lord of the Rings. It's no ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> Which movie is more Christmassy? Die Hard or Lethal Weapon? Well, we your know. choice. I'm going to say Die Hard on yes. that one. Yeah, it was your pick. Fan of the Opera or Les Miserables? Les Mis. Yes. Okay. Labyrinth or Never Ending Story? Never Ending Story. Yes. <laughs> How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days or 10 Things I Hate About You? I haven't seen either one, but I'm going to say 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes, I'm I think, telling it. I think you're over 50% Kent. Team Kent, that was 90% me. That was a lot of Kent. Thanks for there. coming, Casey. Yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. I thank you, Casey, for, for participating in that ridiculous quiz. Now we know a little bit more about you as, as a listener. Right. And so we have 10 categories. going to be some weird ones. And these come from dramas and, and sitcoms of the 80s, right? Yes. These and are, cartoons, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Cartoons can be included. But you didn't give any stipulation that way. So basically any, any TV television. series that aired on the television during that 50% of the 80s. Exactly. Have you seen any 80s TV shows? Maybe. We'll like see. Like Nick at Night, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a guess. I think so. <laughs> I watched Cheers on Nick at Night. And that counts. Does That's that an 80s count? show. That's, That's majority. Sure 80s. Majority I watched 80s. another show that we can't talk about anymore. That's all. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I watched a little a little Nick at Night. Yeah. Was TV Land? Did that have 80s shows? Or did that go I a think little so. further back? No. no, it's strange, though. I was born in 1981, and I shouldn't have seen a lot of these shows. But for oh, some you're reason... you're not a zero year? Zach, zero years. Boop, boop. I'm a number one. That's all yeah, that's I need. hard for math. Listen, year zero. Yeah. Do you even do you, do you even exist? <laughs> year zero? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like he's the start of a pandemic. We're zero yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You are zero cool. But, and Joel, you and I, uh, we're slightly younger than you, Casey. Not very much younger. But why did we watch a lot of these 80s shows? Because we were children. We were, but at the same time, our, there was so much less to watch back then. Yeah. It was what was airing on TV. And or so you syndication. What you could. Yeah, but you was, watched what you could, what was airing on was TV. Was there not a lot on Netflix back then? Oh, there was not. Wow. There was zero. Was, oh, that's when you got them in the mail? Zach, Fox was a new channel. It was. <laughs> there were the three news, channels. The news two, place? Two, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Two, four, five, 13, and 30 uh, sometimes. That's regional. And 11, yeah. <laughs> that was PBS. That doesn't yeah. count. I got PBS occasionally, KBYU. Yeah, because right? you had to. Yeah. But essentially, like, I just remember a time, and this was before I had ever had watched cable or anything, but there was like 60s, 70s, and 80s TV shows on at all times. Yeah. And I couldn't really, as a kid, I didn't really discriminate between any of them. Well, what's weird to me is I don't know how much of these shows I actually watch, meaning how often. Yeah. It feels like I was just watching TV all the right. time. But at the same time, I don't, I don't think I was because I also played outdoors a lot. So I some of these feel very familiar to me. And I'm, sure. I want to go back in time and just look at little Joey and be like, 
how much of this did you actually watch? Well, you didn't have a job. Or, I didn't. So. But, uh, but some, what I'm saying is like, did one episode just make a really big impression or did I watch that episode multiple times and so yeah. it stuck in my brain? Yeah, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. Let's All right. jump into it. Zach, let's get it started. The first one, of course, it was Saturday morning, gentlemen. I'd <gasps> like to know your best cartoon. Uh, before we jump into that, I just want to say... They do have, like, on YouTube, you can find Saturday morning cartoons, and someone just recorded, like, a three-hour block Amazing. of the TV back then. It, it, with like the commercials. Vintage commercials included, yeah. which is weird. My like, kids beg to watch those. Yeah. And I'm like, they're, they're the dumb cartoons. In, yeah. They're not the greatest ones all the time. And they have the ads, and they're like, we like it so much. And I'm like, there is something magical it, about Saturday morning cartoons. It's a little slice of life deal. Yeah. So what's your best cartoon? We'll start with you, Joel. Zach, I just want you to know you're going to get a point. Uh, I don't if know I've what seen these any points of these? if you've seen any of these. Okay. Can I redeem the Golden Corral? And not not yes. that you know them, that you've seen Yeah, yeah. Them. Okay. Not just that it's in the pop culture zeitgeist. Oh, yeah, because I've, I've probably episode. heard of them. Yeah. But I've heard of Eight is Enough. Is that in the 80s? Uh, yes. Casey? I believe so. <laughs> Judge? Uh, I, I'm going to say yes, but I'm not even positive on that one. Point. Eight <laughs> uh, is Enough uh, is, wow, it's 77 to 81. Nope. So it doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count. Uh, no, no, sorry. Points. Uh, but no, it's not, that's not my favorite cartoon because it's not a cartoon. Nope. There are many, 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 many popular cartoons of the 80s. And I could have easily narrowed this down to like my top three and sure. had a good time with it. Yeah. But in the end, I had to go with the one that said my name. Boom. Zach, do you know this? I have context clues tell me this is G.I. Joe. A G.I. Joey, actually. G.I. Yeah. Joe, a real American hero. Yeah. This aired from uh, September 1983 <laughs> to November 1986. Two seasons, 95 episodes. How did they do that? Well, G.I. Joe, uh, if you don't know the plot, by the way, I can tell you the plot. Okay, go on. G.I. Joe is the codename for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose to defend human freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. And also to sell action figures. Exactly. This show was created as a partnership between Marvel and uh, the Sunbrow, Sunbrow Productions and Hasbro. So Hasbro, uh, Marvel had the comics. Mm-hmm. And then Hasbro made the toys, and then they made a TV show based on that. And so it really was. This was a commercial. These all these episodes were commercials. Much like most toy. of these cartoons were. The right. toy makers would literally come up with a story for their for the character, their new their new toy. Yeah, they'd give it to the writers. The writers would write up a script, and they'd make a show. Lady J. Introducing Scarlet? yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, Scarlet was there from the beginning. Lady yeah. J came in a little mm-hmm. bit later. But I watched G.I. Joe a lot. And that theme song really does just like buoy up my soul when it comes on. Did you ever get annoyed, though, at the battles that nobody really died? It's just lasers going above everyone's heads. No one ever died on screen in the entire run of the series. And of course, they were lasers. Yes. It always bugged me. (laughs) (laughs) No bullets. No, they had to. They had to like tone it down. Like no one could die on screen. Like they could reference death off screen. Like if someone died, they'd be like, oh, yeah, they died. Yeah. Uh, like they visited an alter, alternate reality and there were skeletons of some of the G.I. Joes, which but, was but scary. But it's a censorship thing. The censors are like, lasers are fine, bullets are out. Lasers are fine. And not only that, people didn't die in explosions. You always see people parachuting out last minute or jumping out last minute. Yep. Yeah. They never killed anyone. It always bugged me, by the way, that the good guys had the red lasers and yeah, the bad guys had the sense, blue right? lasers. Yeah. Because uh, just, you know, I guess it's Star Wars fandoms coming out. But uh, and then at the end of episodes, uh, eventually, because well, they did a mini series at first, and then it was popular, and so mm-hmm. they, they ordered like fifty-five episodes and said, "Give us all the episodes." And they're like, "We got to fill the time somehow." 
So they add the PSA at the end of every episode. The best part of every episode. Which that's become memes and, oh, and YouTube altered so clips. Good. Like a oh. live wire be on the ground. And the yeah. kids be like, hey, let's go play with it. And then a G.I. Joe guy would walk up. Don't play with live wires. They can shock you. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Zach, have you seen these? I've, I've seen these clips. The parodies are amazing. But you, yeah. have you actually seen an episode of G.I. Joe? No. Oh. No points. No points. It, is, it is fun, though. Like I said, there's others that if they don't get brought up, I might give them an honorable mention. But right now, I'll just say G.I. Joe is a real American hero in my mind. I love those. I love those episodes. I watched a couple today. Still brought me a lot of joy. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. The globe-trotting treasure hunting, money-making adventures of billionaire Scrooge McDuck and his nephews. Wow. Uh, this is a TV show based off the an Ebenezer Scrooge character. Isn't that so weird? Yeah. When was the air dates on this? So 1987 to 1990. Okay, that fits. Yeah. Well, I know. I'm the I... 80s police. <laughs> and also <laughs> like like rebooted like four years ago. And also pretty good. The reboot was good. I, yeah. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. But the originals has something to it. I was really debating like top three on this one where I'm like, I watched this other show more. I had more toys. I didn't collect DuckTales toys, right? Because no, it wasn't was was merchandisable. Yeah. Um, but I wanted a money bin to buy all the toys. Yeah, swim in and probably die. Have in. you ever? Did you ever like want to dive into pennies that you had like in a like in a bowl? Uh-huh. Yeah, and then I got I reached, one time. I reached into a jar of change and went. Scrooge McDuck is crazy. This yes. hurts so much. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but he's a duck, right? And he could spit him out like it was water, I yep. guess. But this this has the best theme song of the '80s. It still has like these adventures that take place in 20 minutes that I can fondly recall. Yeah. Because there was like a, a mini Indiana Jones adventure in some of these episodes. And it was always so fun. I do think someone should call DCFS on Huey, Dewey, and Louie's parents. Because <laughs> where and who are they? I don't know. They're Donald Ducks. Oh, no. Yeah. No, they're no, not. They're nephews. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Even through my older lens, like obviously nostalgia goggles will kind of take over all of these choices yeah. here. But this one still kind of holds up. I'll still watch this with my kids here and it there. It does. Ken, that was actually one of the ones I was considering. Yeah. But I did go back to what what toys did I own? Right. And that's just it. Like I was kind of obsessed with G.I. Joe for a while. I had so many He-Man action figures. I had so many G.I. Joes. Were, really? Yeah. Okay. But I, I do think DuckTales, as far as quality goes, had the Disney animation behind it and it wasn't as like sketchy. It's good. It's a good series. Yeah. Both. And the reboot, oddly enough, still a good series. Honestly. So it's something and, to it. One Zach point. You've oh, seen that. I have watched Zach Tales. The okay. original, not the reboot. The original and okay. the reboot, but the original. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right, Casey. So I also had a lot of toys from this cartoon. Uh-huh. And I remember my mom would go to like a craft night when a lot of other moms in the neighborhood would get together and make crafts. And they're all getting together to make a uh, Barbie tent. So my mom went and bought some uh, camouflage material and built me a, or made me a tent for all my G.I. Joes. Hey! First match of the day. Dang it. So, yeah, you covered almost everything that I was going to mention, but there is one thing. Season two is my favorite G.I. Joe storyline in which... There are storylines? Oh, yeah. Like, they would go over multiple episodes. They have, like, yeah, multi-episode <laughs> Really? Arcs, and yeah. it was like, wow, that's a lot of... So, in, in season two, Cobra, the whole organization, wanted to create, using uh, DNA, like, a new emperor. That's right. So they stole DNA from, like, Julius Caesar, Attila the Hunt, and Napoleon. (laughs) Yep. And created Serpentor. Rise of Serpentor. It's like the Rise of Serpentor. So that was by far my favorite storyline that they ever did (laughs) Did on G.I. Did they break into their sarcophagi? Oh, yeah. yeah. And every time the Joes were trying to stop them, but somehow Cobra would always get the DNA. Yep. 
So then they'd be like, well, now they're going to attack Napoleon. So then they'd go try to stop that one. They'd always Because there's it. just evil DNA. Well, we didn't, yeah. we didn't really Except talk first. about it when I was talking about it. But Cobra Commander, this whiny kind of bad guy, yeah. kind of a weak leader. And they wanted a better leader. And they bring up Serpenter to kind of usurp his power. And it was a kind of a cool power struggle. And that's when they had the movie come out of G.I. Joe, which... They were going to make release it in theaters, but because Transformers, the movie, uh, performed so poorly, they're just like, no, no, no. Yeah. But then they released a DVD, but that's the one where it got violent. And Serpentor, like, stabs a dude with a snake staff. Yeah, he seemed, seemed pretty messed up by it, this. Yeah. But it, it, I was going to say, one of the reasons I like this, too, and it's because of the bad guys and the good guys. Like, you love Duke, and you love Scarlet, and then you hate Serpentor, and you hate Corcomentor, and you hate Destro. It's just a great dynamic there. I agree with Casey's choice, is what I'm saying. Well, you already well, chose I mean, it. You already chose it. It makes <laughs> yeah. sense. Yeah. And we should clarify, too, Zach is uh, abstaining from playing on this one. As I was not even a participant in the decade. He, is not, he, is, he was not 50% of the 80s. I have only got one Zach point so far. Next is biggest crush. Well, Kent, please start. Who's your biggest crush? So I've always and liked. was they animated? Yeah. Was they animated? <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> yes, they was. That was bad. <laughs> word. They was. As I mentioned, Lady J, Scarlet, fan favorites. Yes. yes. Big fan. Uh, there are so many people that have crushes on at this era, mm-hmm. right? I was just, you know. Formative years. Figuring out, I'm like, hey, is it going to be, and I don't want to steal your guys's, but is it Punky Brewster? Is it Nicole Eggert from Charles in Charge? Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss? Who do I pick, right? A lot of, lot of crush materials there. But I've always liked older women. Uh oh. And Aaron Gray is my crush. I thought you were going to say B. Arthur. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Much older women. women. Estelle Getty. (laughs) Not Aaron Gray. Aaron Gray. Zach doesn't know who Aaron Gray is, so I'm going to describe it. She's beautiful. She uh, was first seen, and this is also like kind of before my time. So there's a show from that ran from 1979 to 1981. It was just two seasons, and it's Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Yeah. Beedy, 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 beedy. That's the robot. Yeah. And that's, that's not, not Aaron that's, Gray. That's not Kent making noises. He's a <laughs> that's when I was a kid and I saw Aaron Gray. Beedy, 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 beedy. That's so weird. What does that mean? I don't know. But Aaron Gray is so incredibly gorgeous and headstrong and dynamic in this show. And I loved her. And Buck Rogers is not a very good sci-fi show. But I still enjoyed watching her. It made a pop culture impact. Yeah, and I don't want to take another one, but she was in another popular sitcom at the time. that uh, it, It's called Silver Spoons. Yeah. So she made an, uh, a big impact on me in the 80s. Um, and that was two seasons, 37 episodes. But you knew her primarily from Buck Rogers? Yeah, Buck Rogers. Oh. Well, I rediscovered her probably in my late teens. I think when uh, I got a little more curious and I said, I'm going to rewatch Buck Rogers. And... Mm-hmm. There you have Aaron Gray running around in a spandex jumpsuit. And I didn't well, hate we it. we don't need to get specific. Stop. Family friendly. <laughs> oh, really? It's just a robot, robot noise. noise. <laughs> All right, Casey, who do you have? Well, the uh, character's name is Jamie Powell. Yeah. You mentioned her. It yes. is Nicole Eggert from Charles in Charge. Oh, yeah. my heck. Charles in Charge. And she was a replacement character, right? She wasn't in the original. Well, so the original Charles in Charge, in case you're not familiar with it, it's uh, Charles, a college student. There's a new boy in the neighborhood. Yes. Lives downstairs. That, actually, that. Yeah, it, it's He's there to take care of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all familiar with it. We're that. all familiar with the theme song. <laughs> Zach, but you know the, the theme song? Sing along, Zach. Hi, Charles in Charge. Whoa. exactly right. <laughs> Ancient Lamentations, baby. The very first season of Charles in Charge, the, it was an entirely different family named the Pembrokes. Much like a lot of sitcoms. They're trying to find their legs, I think. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, once it actually got picked up, or I, mean, I think there were some sort of issues where they weren't sure it was going to come back. Mm. A lot of those actors left. So when they did come back for the second season, they came back with the Powell Mr. family. Mr. Powell. Yeah. 
which had two daughters, the oldest being Jamie Powell, played by Nicole Eggert, beedy, 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 who went on, <laughs> went on to later be on robot Baywatch. Beedy, 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 beedy. She is sensational. Yes, she is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty young, but I was also kind of young at that time. So, yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. It's like these crushes. For a 45-year-old person to now have a crush on her. That would be, would be odd, weird. But, but yeah. back in the day, I mean, if Kent can crush on older women, then you can, yeah. uh, you can remember when you were younger. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Here, here's my issue with this entire episode so far. All right. Is that even though uh, Casey matched with Kent on every single answer during the quiz, I don't know what's happening here, guys, but oh. this is my pick. Is it... Casey Longzack. The neighborhood downstairs and it's understood. Go down the stairs. No, I also go down the stairs. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is the problem is that when you guys said, hey, 80s crush, I was like, Kelly Kapowski. No question. Kelly Kapowski. And then I found out Save by the Bell started in 89 and is technically more 90s show. And no Winnie Cooper? Winnie Cooper definitely had a crusher, but when I thought immediately, my first thought was like, Kelly Kapowski. Oh, not Kelly? Well, it's got to be Jimmy Powell. Yeah. It's got to be Nicole Eggers. She's amazing. Wonder Years doesn't fit my criteria either, because okay. I would have maybe gone with Winnie. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like you said uh, already, it's just, it's funny how like, I, I was trying to keep quiet because I didn't want to uh, expose my answer too early, but... The, it's the weirdest thing how the first season happened. Then they actually canceled the show, mm -hmm. and then they found out, oh, these these syndication shows that we've been doing of ca previously canceled shows are doing great. Let's bring Charles in charge back, and a lot of the family couldn't come back. So then they just kind of write that it's like, oh, uh, Charles went off to uh, he went to New Brunswick for summer vacation. He came back, and there's a different family living in the house because the what? previous family is subletting the house to this new family, and part of their contract stipulates, no, you still get Charles as a housekeeper. That's so weird. It's the weirdest kind of oh, hand waving. sitcoms, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's like whatever. But uh, I, Nicole Eggert is. I mean, I just had a huge crush on her back in the day, mm -hmm. and I, I didn't even watch Charles in Charge that much. But I remember when I watched it, I was like, I didn't think of her as Jamie Powell. I thought of her as Nicole Eggert, like the actress is who I was attracted to more so than the character. But I definitely had to pick her for this one. Zach, you still only have one point. I, I, I goose egg. No Zach points on that nope. one. You guys need to, to have different answers. <laughs> Sorry? I know. So I have more, two more people of a are chance playing right to now. get a Zach point here. All right. Next up, we have character I wish was my best friend. Casey, go ahead and start. So the character's name is Gordon Shumway. Oh, hey. <laughs> you know that? You know that? No. What? Oh, come on. Also Wait, known oh, as, how about if I say what he's more commonly known as, which is Alf. Do you know Alf? Hey! Hey, that's that he eats cats. That's right. Yeah, that's right, yeah, Zach. That's all right. I know. But have you seen an episode of Alf? Did he have a talk show? Yeah, kinda. Okay. Nope. <laughs> He's from the Panic Planet Melmac, right? Casey, why would you want Alf, who is so incredibly annoying, to be your best friend? <laughs> why? Okay, first off, could you get a more unique friend than Alf? An alien, sure. Yeah, I mean, for, an alien. Alien, alien stood for Alf stood for alien life form. Yeah, but his real name is Gordon Shumway, which yeah. I think is from hilarious. Melmac. He uh, crashes into the garage of the Tanner's family. The Tanner family they, from uh, Full House, <laughs> <laughs> spinoff, different one. Oh, and uh, you know they take him in. He's funny. He's sarcastic. He could tell you stories about Melmac. He could tell you about space travel. These are all things that would be interesting to learn about. How did that show go on for multiple seasons? I don't understand. It's the 80s, man. <laughs> it's so weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's interesting is it ends on a cliffhanger and it yeah. didn't get renewed. 
It's like dinosaurs, where it's like kind of like a dark ending, right? Yeah. Well, so eventually they did ending. a movie later to kind of try to wrap it did up. Did they? Yeah. I don't know if I ever saw Project that. Alf. Huh. <laughs> Isn't that the one with, the one with uh, Matthew Broderick and the monkeys? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Project X. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so That's for, a good choice. So for me, uh, we, did, we did not match on this one. I, I think Alf would be uh, slightly annoying as a friend, but I, I understand your reasons why. However, Kent kind of already stole my thunder on this one, and that's fine because my dream best friend as a kid would be Ricky Stratton. Yo, this song slaps. You know it? No. no. Hey, Joel, never even heard of can we share this best friend? Because this is also my choice. It is? Yeah, absolutely I'm it is. I'm matching with everyone. Why can't I be my own person? You just can't. Uh, there's three words r- why this kid is going to be our best friend. It's because we'd use him for his indoor train, train track. The model train. <laughs> yes. So Silver Spoons, if you don't know, Ricky Stratton, uh, played by Rick Schroeder, is a spoiled rich kid who lives the life that many kids dream of, but he still suffers from the problems that many teens do, which is kind of a terrible description. Yeah. The real version is his dad is this millionaire playboy who has so much money he doesn't know what to do with, and uh, he gets this estranged son comes visits him and then they kind of help each other out mm-hmm. but the house kent yeah the house unbelievable it is like there's there's video games everywhere there's foosball tables they live in this mansion with with butlers and it's like it's kind of like richie rich yeah but not as zany and he's not a spoiled kid i mean he's spoiled obviously monetarily but yes. he actually like has a good heart he's down to earth to start yes. with he's the one who helps his dad his dad right. is kind of crazy out there yeah. rich kid and who's Silver Spoon his whole life. That's kind of where the thing comes from. Mm-hmm. But then he kind of brings him back down. Supporting cast, you already mentioned. Aaron Gray oh, yeah. is in this one mm-hmm. as uh, uh, his personal assistant. Mm-hmm. And then Jason Bateman was yeah, in for it the for first a while, couple seasons. Until he got replaced by Alfonso Ribeiro. Right. So Those are the seasons I remember more. Yeah, I Carlton. do too. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hey. Zach. Yeah, it doesn't count as a point though. Oh, uh, but this was uh, from 1982 to 1987. Five seasons, 116 episodes on NBC. I tried to find where to watch these now mm-hmm. because, like, when we talk about these shows on Bacon Cell, I'd like for the listener to be able to go out and find them themselves. But the problem is, a lot of these, it's like you have to pay for them on Amazon Prime, or this one's YouTube as well. You have to do paid there. You can find clips here and there. I think there's like you know some episodes on YouTube you can just find, but they're come and go. But it was a fun show. It's funny that you wouldn't choose to be this character. I want him as my friend. But you want him as your friend because I think we all had those childhood friends where we'd be like, hey, mom, can I go sleep over at Ricky's house? They got a Super Nintendo. Exactly. We're going to have a sleepover and eat snacks all night long and drink Jolt. But that train, every time they they had train tracks around the house and they had this scale model freight train that just ran through it. And I was every time I was like, I want that. Yeah. So, yeah, I wish Ricky was my Great choice, Joel. Uh, you as well, Ken. Mm, thank you. <laughs> i got to stop matching with someone at this table. Now we have the family that you'd want to be a part of, Joel. So this is, you know, with the one we're just like, hey, we're friends with Ricky. But yeah. this is like, you want to be with these people yeah. 24-7. It's a good foundation. And if I'm going to be with someone 24-7, I want to make sure that the theme song brings me joy. Show me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your crying. Uh, I would like to be part of the Seavers from Growing Pains. The misadventures of a family with a home business father and a journalist mother. And that's kind of a dumb description because the dad, he's a psychologist or psychiatrist, camera witch. He lives at home and does his practice there while the mom goes off to work after 15 years. This stars Alan Thicke, Joanna Kearns, Kirk Cameron, Tracy Gold, Jeremy Miller, and eventually Leonardo DiCaprio. And a very young Ashley Johnson, who was in the video game of The Last of Us. (laughs) That yeah, is true. actually true. Yes. I, I jumped over her because Chrissy, Chrissy came in to like be the cute new kid as the kids grew up. Yeah, 
And then they the, aged her like she, five years. Yeah, immediately. they jumped. She aged real fast. Yeah. And then they were like, well, we need another one. So they brought in uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in season seven to be the he was a homeless kid that came to live. That's with them. true. Right. Yeah. And it was to appeal to the teenage audiences, a teenage girl audience. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really work too much. This went from 85 to 92, seven seasons, 166 episodes on ABC. And the reason I think I chose it is because. A lot of these families in the 80s, there was... Um, There's I, always dysfunction, obviously. Yes. Yeah, so, well, okay, for example, I, this may be one of your picks, and I apologize for this, but the Family Ties mm-hmm. family, Yeah. the whole thing is like the dad, the parents are hippies, and right. the son's a yuppie, and the contention there. And I was like, no, but the Seavers seem like they really had it together. Alan Thicke is kind of think the father everyone wanted to have. Yeah. Even though Kirk Cameron was, uh, or his character, I should say, uh, what was it? Uh, Mike Seaver. Mike Seaver was a little bit weird, and, and Tracy, I keep saying their actual names, Carol was a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. But they still felt like a real family to me and a loving family. And uh, I mean, there's weird stuff that happens behind the scenes on this show, but yeah, uh, that's true. in the show, I'd, I'd be part of the Seavers family. Joel, it's a good choice. It's it's actually a great choice, and it's why I also chose it. No! Uh, oh, hey! I'm so sorry. Do I get two Zach points then? Wait, you've, be, seen, you've seen episodes of the I've seen probably the entire series. <gasps> what? This uh, replayed on the Disney Channel. In the late 90s. Wow. You get my point still. I have watched, seriously, probably almost every single episode. That's probably more than I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, no, Joel, the Seavers is the best choice. Because like you said, there are a lot of other families, but I feel like what they did here is they showed the dysfunction, right? And and they kind of turned a lot of family tropes on its head where Joanna, she went to work after 15 years of being with the kids. And then uh, Jason Seaver, the dad, stayed home to be a shrink you at Maggie. home. You mean Maggie. That's what I meant. The, yeah, the actress's name. Yeah, character, the yeah. character is Maggie. And so as the dad staying home and the mom went to work, but somehow these parents were so supportive of their like punk kids. They were punks, all of them at one time. Yeah. And really, it was there was like a story arc completed in almost every one of the 20 minutes that wasn't as sappy as things we got later with like TGIF and everything. So I think yeah. the Seavers really pulled it off. This is easily the best family of the 80s. And one of the best theme songs we already talked about. Yes. Well, uh, Joel already told me that I was wrong, but I'm going with the Keatons from Okay ah, Ties. Good. good. This is at Chronicles, like you said, liberal ex-hippies, uh, Stephen and Elise. They have Michael J. Fox, which this is what kind of starts Michael J. Fox's mm-hmm. career yeah. off. He's a, a conservative Republican. Also the sister Mallory and Another Jennifer. Crush. Yeah, J- Justine, Justine Bateman. Bateman. Yeah, and then later they also had just like the uh, Seavers. They also had a kid to try to bring in the cute kid Isn't that at the funny? end, yeah, Andrew. So, but uh, I like him because I I quite think I'd like those parents. Mm-hmm. I would enjoy the uh, ex hippie liberal parents. Yeah. But sometimes they were crazy about it. Like that was the the comedy came from that that they'd say and do things where it's like I remember the one with the episode with the power bill when he makes him turn off the lights like the whole day. Oh yeah. I don't know. The show is sold to the network as Hip Parents Square Kids. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that. But the main reason why is, first off, Alex Keaton, who is Michael J. Fox, yep. he dated Courtney Cox on the show for a while, whatever her character's name was on the show. But then also, my uncle would be Uncle Ned, played by Tom Hanks, oh, who is an alcoholic. That's and is the reason why yeah. I know that apparently vanilla has alcohol in it, because they found him... Sucking down a bottle of vanilla. Was that one of those after school special episodes? Yeah, Yeah, vanilla extract. (laughs) That's funny. That's the thing. Doesn't all the 80s sitcoms, all these funny sitcoms, they always have those very special episodes. Oh, man. This is the one we're going to talk about. But did you not learn a lot from them? I did. Never hide in a fridge. (laughs) (laughs) Good call. Monkey monkey reference. And and drink uh, vanilla extract. Yeah, don't do that. Don't drink vanilla extract, kids. (laughs) 
I have to apologize. I haven't seen Family Ties. It was on on Nick at Night or something. Mm-hmm. And sure. I, I never Sha-la-la-la. never got into it. So I, do I get two points on that one then? If you've never seen it? No. I mean like for the Seavers? No, one. No. It's just just one. one. Sorry. Oh, nice try. Dang, dang. All right. Then next category is TV show I was way too young to watch. Resplendent with authentic 1980s music, fashion, and vibe, Miami Vice follows two undercover detectives <laughs> and their extended team through the mean streets of Miami. That's a fantastic theme song, too. Uh, it, it really is. Miami Vice is way too serious for anyone to be watching at that time. But it's, it seemed like it was like all kids were watching it. But why? The whole thing is about, um, so it's these two detectives, and they're trying to bust and kill drug traffickers. The but entire they show. pastels. Yeah, they, they sure did, in a lot of cool shades. And, you know, this is uh, Crockett and Tubbs. And this show, like, I re- the episodes I remember about this show is, Tubbs. like... Yeah, right? <laughs> it are, is there, like, family members being held hostage or girlfriends dying, being shot by these drug lords? And I just remember, like, being really sad watching this show, but going, this is so cool. But I think because I know I wasn't supposed to watch it. Yeah, but here's also the thing you need to realize, listener, is that uh, 80s... Crime dramas are much tamer than crime dramas of today. Like the Miami Vice still, I would probably get like a TV PG rating. I almost So parents guide for this show. One of the main characters is shot during a shootout, is placed in a life or death situation, may frighten the smallest of children, which is me. (laughs) Multiple characters are shown dead from gunshot wounds, not presented in a graphic way. Yeah. And so it was a lot of implied violence, implied drug usage. Yeah. But it felt heavy. Yeah. It was like. Like very lived in. Yeah. And it's just, you know, this grimy lifestyles all around. So I shouldn't have watched this show. My parents probably wouldn't have approved, but I still did. What about you, Casey? So my parents were also watching this in the background while I just got to be a little kid sitting on the couch and also watch it. And that is Dallas. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So this ran from 1978 to 1991, 356 episodes. Uh, it's uh, it's J.R. Ewing, a Texas oil baron uses manipulation and blackmail to achieve his ambitions, both business and personal. He often comes into conflict with his brother Bobby, his arch enemy Cliff Barnes, and his long-suffering wife Sue Ellen. And I've heard that this is like a... Because I've never really watched a full episode of Dallas, but from what what I gathered in clips and viewing, it's basically, to put it in terms of today... It's like a Yellowstone or a Succession, but like more soap opera almost. Yeah. yeah, definitely a nighttime soap opera. As a kid, did you get into those stories? Did you hate certain characters? Did you wonder who shot Jr.? So that like that one's a little bit probably too early for me to quite remember. Okay. There's, there's two big seasons. So the end of the 1979-1980 season, someone's shot Jr. And if you've ever seen the Who Shot Mr. Burns episode of Simpsons, that's which a is a direct, very reference exactly, at this point. direct parody reference, yeah. of Dallas. Yeah. So you had to wait all season long. They, like the season ended with the cliffhanger Who Shot JR. Everyone had to wait until the beginning of the next season to find out who did shoot, who uh, did shoot JR. I don't remember that one, but I do remember the second most like, kind of famous Dallas season. And that is when Patrick Duffy, who played Bobby Ewing, decided to leave the show. So they had him get in a car accident, killed him off. Mm-hmm. And then an entire season happens. And at the end of the season after he died, his wife wakes up to find Bobby yep. in the shower, yep. taking a shower. And so then that's the cliffhanger. You had to wait all season, you know, in between seasons to find out how Bobby survived, only to find out that it was a dream. The, the entire the, season oh, was a dream. They pulled the dream excuse. But the entire season, we're talking about 30 episodes oh, of a show man. was a dream. I, why including side, like there's like these side stories that had nothing to do with Bobby's wife. <laughs> hey, for some crazy, reason, man. dreaming about that. 
Yeah. So dumb. And it I is. do remember seeing actually him in the shower and being like, well, how is he still alive? Yeah. And yeah. being excited to find out how they're going to, you know, write him into this, being able to still live. <laughs> Even as a kid, you're like, that's unbelievable. Yeah. How dare they? <laughs> Joel, what about you? Well, you know, as a kid, there's certain places you hang out. Mm-hmm. You know, you hang out at your friend's house. You yeah. hang out on the playground. Sure. You hang out at school. I'll tell you one place I didn't hang out as a kid. A bar. You didn't go to a bar. I didn't go hang out in a bar because I'm choosing Cheers as my choice here. All right. Now, Cheers, having watched it, I I remember watching it as a kid and certain storylines I may have picked up on. Mm -hmm. Watching it as an adult, I went, how was I watching this as a kid? Because you didn't understand. The whole, first of all, the whole show takes place in a bar Mm -hmm. the entire time. I was not a heavy drinker as a kid. Um... (laughs) But Sippy also cups. Sam Malone, uh, played by Ted, or Ted Danson, who plays Sam Malone. He's a womanizer. He's mm-hmm. uh, an ex-pitcher uh, for the Boston Red Sox, and or he's a relief pitcher, I guess. For the I should clarify, he's a relief pitchers act. Yeah, I, thank you. Think, Come yeah. on, get it right. Uh, but you have an amazing cast here of comedy, but a lot of the humor revolves around Sam trying to womanize. Yeah. And a lot of jokes in there. I was watching, like, wow, I did not pick up on that as a kid. I didn't really understand that as a kid. This one may be one of the longest running ones I'm talking about because it ran from 1982 to 1993, 11 seasons, wow. 275 episodes. And this is one you can find on Prime Video, on Peacock, Freebie. If you watch Freebie, it's like IMDb TV, but it's hmm, free. Okay, A lot of channels you can watch there. And this, is, this was a ratings juggernaut. This mm-hmm. went really big. And the finale was one of the most, most viewed finales ever. It won a ton of Emmys and other awards. It really is an amazing, I shouldn't say amazing comedy because it is definitely set up punchline, set up punchline, sure. a lot of insult comedy, the very much of the time. It created a lot of tropes though at the same time. Like yeah. It, oh, yeah. yeah. Because the characters really are what make it. Right. And that, that made me happy. In fact, I, I did a meme a while back about how I suddenly realized in regard to the seven deadly sins, like Ted da- or Sam Malone is lust, Carla Tuteri is rage or anger, mm-hmm. and just kind of went through all the different ones. And like, uh, oh, that's great! Like all the different ones, they all fit. They were the seven deadly sins. Were the seven main characters of the show. They also managed to swap out members of the cast and keep going, which is an impressive feat for a sitcom. Do you feel like you would have got in trouble if your parents knew you were watching this, um, or they just didn't know what the show was about either? I, I I think it's just you know it's weird because it's set in a bar, but they also were kind of responsible about it. Like yeah. Sam doesn't drink, right? They never showed anyone trying to drive home drunk. They always mm-hmm. called cabs, yeah. And, and they had episodes about alcoholism. Probably uh, Cheers would maybe a little too young for me to watch as a kid when you know 1982. I was you know Zach's age. <laughs> Currently, <laughs> I, I watched Cheers as a kid. Hey, well. Zach, I did. And looking back, it's like why? Yeah. But hey, it was great. Yeah. I've probably seen every episode. Thanks to Nick at Night. Now we have most annoying character. So not Cliff Clavin. <laughs> well, you know, he's not that annoying when you really understand deep ah, inside well. who he is. All right. So I went with a character who technically her name stands for voice input child identicant. <laughs> How dare you? Vicky? Vicky. Come on. Most annoying? Jamie's more annoying than Vicky. Well, only when he sings uh, Landslide. (laughs) And I'll tell you why she's annoying, though. She's annoying because she had superpowers whenever it was convenient to fit the plot of yeah. whichever storyline was going on. We in should that clarify episode. what the plot of this story is. Oh, yeah, right. And so that it's small, small wonder. wonder. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, small wonder, which is the zany adventures of a suburban family, their next door neighbors, 
and an innovative robot designed to look like a human child. Yes. <laughs> Basically, it's a family. The dad made a robot that looks exactly like a girl. That's and always dressed is. like a maid. She's always dressed uh-huh. like a maid. And she, the only thing they did was just put a panel on her back. That was what made her a robot. And um, there's a close second for annoying character that's Ooh. also in this show. The neighbor girl. Yep. yep. Harriet. Oh, she was super annoying. I forgot about her, but you're right. Oh, I can see her awful. little scrunchy face in my yeah. in my mind right now. She had a crush on the son, Jamie, yeah. and was always over. Who is not Billy Corgan, we no. should clarify. Come on. But something interesting, Seth Green actually uh, auditioned for that role. Did he? Of uh, Vicky? No. For the... <laughs> Of Jamie. But Candace Cameron auditioned for Vicky. Okay. Yeah. But so like I was saying, she uh, always talked in a monotone voice, which I get it. She's a robot. But it was still kind of annoying. But she could do things like elongate her neck to look into a second story window. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The effects were super awesome too. Uh, Shrink to the size of a doll. That's what robots Make herself 10 feet tall. Jumpstart a car with her bare hands and once saved a person with her bare hands like like a defibrillator. Yep. And she could move and do things in super speed. I remember uh, in the opening credits, there's like a shot of her just holding up a couch with one hand and vacuuming under it. Yeah. How is this annoying, Casey? It wasn't realistic. <laughs> and her voice was annoying. <laughs> her voice was annoying. <laughs> As the actor started to grow, then they had to make this growth chip that the dad made to put into her to explain <laughs> why she was growing. I love the, the 80s. Works. So just the fact that I just did not find Vicky realistic is why I find her annoying. Okay, I get it. What about you, Joel? Uh, so we've talked about how a lot of times in TV shows, they'll bring in the younger character once the cast starts aging out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it's Cousin Oliver. That's older than the 80s. Yeah. I don't think you're going to recognize this theme song per se, because I think a series, this series only ran for one season, but it did introduce this character. And if you hear his voice, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Oh. Anybody see it? No. Uncle Scooby? Oh. Hi, I'm Scrappy. Scrappy. Was he Dude. introduced in the 80s? 1979. Okay. He was introduced. In fact, I think they may have started ending him just before that, but... Was it a pup named Scooby-Doo? Is that the show he was in, or was it No, just the pup named Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo was the younger version of Scooby. Okay. Scrappy-Doo literally came in because, I mean, Scooby-Doo cartoons been going a right. while at this point. The ratings were starting to slump a bit, and so they was like, we need to, to you know, put a punch in the arm of this thing. They're Ooh. like, hey, what about a, a wise-cracking younger version of Scooby-Doo called Scrappy-Doo? And I absolutely hate Scrappy-Doo. This, oh, this, yeah. He, he did appear in a bunch of different incarnations of the Scooby-Doo series. And even the live action movie. They, yeah, that was clever. Uh, but it really, it, this one ran one episode or one season, 16 episodes. And then they had him in other ones. But he's annoying. Honestly, I hated it because everyone loves Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. He's this goofy, lovable character. But then Scrappy comes in and he's like, look how cool I am. I'm awesome. I'm going to ride a skateboard. And it's just like they're trying so hard to make him hip yeah, he's and poochy. Oh, he's Before totally poochy. poochy. Yep. He's totally poochy. So yeah, Scrappy-Doo, go away. I hate you. Harsh. Yeah. (laughs) Kent. So I went with the main character that headlined this show, and I hated this show, and I watched way too many episodes, and it's Mama Thelma Harper from Mama's Family. 
This one went from 1983 to 1990. Way too many seasons. Who played her again? Vicky Lawrence. That's right. Uh, Vicky- so you guys both hate Vickies. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Mama's family originated with Thelma, Mama, Harper, and her younger sister, Fran, living together in Mama's house. So basically, you have Mama, who is just really just ornery all of the well, time. It's, it's Vicky Lawrence wearing a, a wig oh. and to make her look like an old person. And by the way, she's 33 when she does yeah. this show. And her kids, so she lives with her kids. Yeah. Or they live with her, and they're all... Horrible people, yeah. selfish people, and just buffoons. But this was a character based on her so, time in the Carol Burnett show, Yeah, right? Carol Burnett actually convinced her to play this role, and it became a show for seven seasons. And I think it, it, her voice is so nasally, nails on a chalkboard for it's me. It's like I, this, time. come oh, talk. And all she does is uh, mock her children all the time, and it's just one-liners. Her kids will say something, and by the way, her kids are 50 or 60. <laughs> and it's funny that the actors were 50 or 60, and she was in her 30s. Yeah. playing the mom and that's kind of clever but they would say something and she would just rip on them the entire time but i'm like mama the reason they are the way they are is because of you and so i learned it by watching you harsh, right i hated vicky lawrence in this role and, it, and this she's is, funny i think vicky lawrence is funny but i do agree did you ever I, watch the show i did i didn't like the character yeah so i agree with you on this interesting about vicky lawrence is she had a number one hit with the song the um, night the lights the went, night went out in georgia, out in georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that's her yeah at the night that the lights went out in georgia Zach, do you have any concept of Mama's Family? Nope. Okay. Never but heard Carol of Burnett? It. What about Carol Burnett show? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I've never heard of Mom's Family. Okay. I hope you never do. So, zero Zach points. Now we have most overrated show. Oh. This is, this, you're going to make some people mad. Oh, I'm going to make a lot of people mad with this one, but I hate to say it, it's true. I'm one of those people. I'm mad. I'm really mad. So I, I get a point here and I'm, I'm mad about it. This is the theme song for the Golden Girls. When Betty White passed away not too long ago, I said, you know what? In tribute to Betty, I'm finally going to start watching Golden Girls. I've never seen a full episode of my life. I'm going to watch it. Okay. And so I watched the entire series in about a calendar year. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, you know, at first I was like, you know, trying to pay attention, but eventually it became kind of a background show because it's the exact same plots over and over again. Sure. It's the exact same setup punchline over and over again. But their dynamic is so good. Rose is going to be dumb. Dorothy's going to make fun of her. Blanche is going to talk about men. Estelle Getty's going to say something inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And then they have a laugh track. And that's every single episode, <laughs> every single time. Don't get me wrong. I did like the show. Yeah. I liked it. But it definitely was not the, wow, one of the greatest all-time sitcoms ever Do you feel like it's like post-ironic classic at this point? Maybe. because People revere it decades after it came out. Yes. I mean, this this ran from 85 to 92 Mm -hmm. and seven seasons, 180 episodes. And it got critical acclaim back in the day. Several awards, including Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Comedies, Golden Globes, all four stars got an Emmy, making it one of the wow. one of the four only. There's four sitcoms that have ever done that, where okay. all the main cast have got it, and top of the Nielsen ratings. And then every international versions. Mm-hmm. There were spinoffs of this in like uh, Russia and the Netherlands, but uh, it really was one of those shows that I kept watching, it going, "Wow, this is pretty standard sitcom fare." But you did watch the entire series. I watched the entire series. What's wrong with and by that? the by the end, I'll, I'll, two things. I well, a couple things. I, I really enjoyed Estelle Getty. She was hilarious. Yeah, she's great. Sophia, the, the mom, the older mom in the show. Because I didn't even talk about what the show is about, if you don't know. Uh, four previously married women live together in Miami, sharing their various experiences together and enjoying themselves despite hard times. B. Arthur, uh, Betty White, Rue McClanahan, Estelle Getty. Ma. 
That <laughs> <laughs> sounded like every little of those Raymond. That's Raymond. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen him in the same room? <laughs> Different show altogether. Raymond. Um, but like I said, I, I, I thought of still getting... <laughs> I thought Estelle Getty was great. Wrong I decade. actually liked Betty White as Rose. I thought they were too mean to Rose. I kept being like, lay off on Rose. Yeah, it's true. Because as soon as she started on one of her stories about her time. And, and Rue McClanahan. Rue McClanahan. I mean, she she had her moments too. But overall, I kind of went, that's kind of overrated. I liked Rue McClanahan. McClanahan. She's not Sarah McLaughlin. All right, Kent. Let's move on to that. Is this overrated? Yeah. What? When your world looks kind of weird and you when wish that you weren't there. What? Muppet Babies is Muppet so My turn to be mad. <laughs> yeah, I know. This ran from 1984 to 1991. This is a spinoff of a scene that was in uh, Muppet Caper, the great no, Muppet Caper. No, no, no. It was in the Muppets Take Manhattan. Same thing. Oh. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> we did a full show on this. Stop bashing the Muppets! <laughs> the Muppets, as babies, have adventures with their imaginations inside their nursery. This one, eight seasons, 107 episodes. I, I'm not mad. Can I just pity you for not having an imagination? Listen, I like quality cartoons. This was such a gimme that was just... Refer- and it's, it's a kid, you do get to see references to movies that you haven't seen yet. Yeah. And you're like, oh, a Goodfellas reference in Muppet Babies? Loved it. <laughs> What's happening? This won four consecutive daytime Emmys for Outstanding Animated Program. It's I Deservedly. Just, this one ties with the Friends portion of Garfield and Friends as far as oh, entertainment value. Oh, how dare you? Where I was like... And that's 90s. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, do this show again... We've I talked really, about this before about how you don't like Muppet Babies, but I keep I, forgetting it because I keep, I, yeah, I keep just, wanting to like you, so I push this out of my head. I, I do this just to kind of disturb you a little bit more and make you like me how less. dare you. Like Kermit owns a toothbrush. He doesn't even have any teeth. He's a frog. He brushes his tongue, though. One out of three found that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Muppet Babies is the worst. Casey? No, it's not the worst. All right. I went with a show that was just recently, I think this year, rebooted, and that is Night Court. Night. So, like, you think it's in the process of being okay. rebooted? I think it's already been aired. Or is it, has it I think it has. I think it's on like Peacock or something like that. But, yeah. Uh, story is an eccentric, fun-loving judge presides over an, over an urban night court and all the silliness going on there. Starring Harry Anderson, John Larroquette, Richard Mull, and Marky Post. Yeah. Which Joel, was about this only, one? Bull's the only person I kind of like. The rest of them, I, I did not I find do them like funny. The show. I'm not as offended as I was at yours, but I do like Night Court. Yeah, but I too. understand why you may think it's overrated. It was nominated for several Emmys, and John Larroquette won for Outstanding Supporting Actor four years in a row. Nine seasons of it this was show. so dry as a comedy, right? I, I, yeah, I just never found it funny. I mean, maybe I've not returned as an adult back to it to see if it's funny now. I think my problem too was it came on after Cheers. And I liked Cheers. Mm-hmm. So you'd be coming off this high of watching Cheers. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, the music for Nightcore would start. If you guys want to brought clips. I didn't tell you guys to. So yeah, I've never, I don't think I've maybe seen more than a handful of episodes, but I never found the ones I did funny. It is seen as one of the best 80 sitcoms. But for that reason, it's overrated. Yes. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And it really is... It really is kind of the same basic premise as Cheers in the sense mm-hmm. of it's a singular location, the courtroom. You got the womanizer. You got the angry, angry person. You got the... I mean, Harry Anderson, there was really no magician in Cheers, but that fun-loving type right. character. But you had these stock characters in a single location where you could have different people coming in out of it. So 
I liked it, but I understand. Me I'm too. Not, I'm not upset. Uh, Finally. I am familiar with Night Court, but I've never seen any of it. But I, So I get two points. Oh, from that last round? From the last round. Okay. I've seen Muppet Babies, and I've seen Golden Girls. Are we right on any of them? Who's more right? I like Golden Girls more ironically than I actually like it, but I don't mind that it's common sitcom fare, and you are right about Muppet Babies. Yes. Stop. It is not that big and celebrated. So good. Now let's talk about underrated shows. Kent, you are first. I don't know if this is underrated. I just feel like it is. And it's head of the class. This one from 1986 to 1991. Uh, Is it underrated? Because people kind of forget about it. I have forgotten about it. Okay. So the premise is a laid back teacher provides needed guidance about life for a special class of exceptional students. And the whole premise is like you have this actor who becomes a substitute teacher for all these prodigy, uh, the children who are prodigy or children, late teenagers. Some of them were 30, by the way, in high school. That was the way of the 80s. <laughs> They're like, yeah, they can play a teenager. Yeah. Howard Hesseman uh, from WKRP in Cincinnati. He yep. was the uh, teacher. He became their full time teacher. Cincinnati. Yeah. And it's one of these. He's going to inspire the kids to go beyond the books and learn about life. I always found it funny. I still remember characters' names. Like, I was kind of looking this up. I'm like, oh, yeah, Dennis, Arvid, yeah, uh, Eric. And uh, it has some, like, Robin Givens, who I kind of loved back in the day. Uh, Kehu Kwan, who just won an Oscar, was also hey, in this show. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if it's funny still, but back in the day, I had a fondness for it. And then Billy Connolly took over uh, as the teacher in the last season, I believe. And I was disappointed even back then. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know about cast changes and what they meant. But mm-hmm. yeah, it went for five seasons. And um, I think it's underappreciated. Would I watch this now? Maybe not. But still, I liked it a lot. I picked a show that had one of the best theme songs from the 80s. Okay. I'm not, it's not Cheers. It is The Fall Guy. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Farrah. Sung by Lee Majors, who also starred in the show. Yep. Uh, he played Colt Seavers, and it's the uh, the adventures of a film stuntman who moonlights as a bounty hunter when movie work is slow. Which is a great premise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great premise. Uh, a lot of times, like, the show would start off with him doing some sort of stunt, you know, for the for whatever show, swinging from a big rope or whatever. And then or later, Tarzan from a vine. Yeah. And then later, he would be chasing some guy and would have to swing from a rope to catch the guy. So it would come Love full it. circle yep. of seeing the stunt that he performed and then later using it in his bounty hunting. Uh, created by Glenn A. Larson, who also created Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Like I said, amazing theme song, which was called The Unknown Stuntman. Yeah. Which actually also like got some like you know high up in the uh, charts. Uh, something that is interesting, though, that I learned about this when lo- looking into it is in July 2010, there were talks of DreamWorks making a movie based on the show. It was going to star Dwayne Johnson and be directed by Mick G. Oh, that would have been great. Boy. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, that one did not happen. Yeah. So then in 2020, a different film more loosely based on the TV series was planned by Universal Pictures starring Ryan Gosling along with Emily Blunt. It's going to be directed so by... Kenson Zach's out, right? Directed by <laughs> David Leach. Not Lynch. Okay. Leach. Wait, it's going to be made or this is 2020? Because uh, he already kind of played a stuntman in Drive. It's going to be released on March 1st, 2024. Um, so it's yeah. coming out. They're going to do a reboot of The uh, Fall Guy. I'm in. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm in on that too. Yeah. So. 
Uh, it's funny because whenever you do most underrated, I almost feel like a hipster pick it sometimes. Well, you need to. But it needs to be a hit. It needs to be something people know. I yeah. don't know if you guys know this one, but I'm going to choose it anyway. Well, I'm not That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I just matched wow. with Casey again. <laughs> what is happening? How Okay. Honestly, there were probably only like 10 shows that came out in the entire decade of the 80s. <laughs> no, there's so many. How do we keep matching, Casey? It's, cute. it's a great show. It is. And it ran from 81 to 86, five seasons, 113 episodes. You can watch this one on Prime Video. It is available. But Kent, the reason why I, the reason why I think you should watch this. Well, I don't think I've ever Zach. seen this show. Zach, the reason I think you should watch this mm-hmm. movie about a stuntman who's a bounty hunter is because he drives a rounded line 1981 GMC K2500 wideside. With the Sierra Grand equipment package. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that means. With an <laughs> eagle painted on the hood. Yes. Wow. And I, my friends had that truck, the toy truck, and I thought it was so cool. Kent, for you, the reason I think you should watch this is two words. Heather Thomas. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. As Jodie Banks. Okay. I had such a crush on her. She almost made my crush for, this, uh, for the, that answer because she's absolutely beautiful. I love her in the show. I watched an episode of this today where they went uh, and... Beedy, 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 Stop. I just Googled her. Beedy, beedy, beedy. Stop. <laughs> Ew. You make robots sound gross. But uh, I watched an episode today where they were to her like a roller derby, and I was like thoroughly entertained by the episode. Mm-hmm. It really is fun, and I, it made me want to go back and watch, watch the entire series again. I think I should watch it. Yeah. So I will okay. be watching Fall the Guy again, and who knows? We may be watching a movie with Ryan Gosling in it pretty soon, too. Zero Zach points. Now we have the show you didn't watch, but you think you'd like... Which, to me, is all of them. Uh, Casey, what is your answer for this one? Uh, so I've always been a fan of Pierce Brosnan's James Bond. Oh, Remington but I've never Steel. seen Remington Still. Yeah. yeah. I watched uh, a few episodes of it. Remington Still went from 1982 to 1987. Uh, basically, the plot on this one was there was a female character who wanted to have a private eye agent, you know, uh, her own private eye agency, but she figured out that people would not hire her because she was a female they didn't take her seriously so she decided to just make up a person that would be technically her boss named remington still then pierce brosnan who's like a former thief con man kind of weasels his way into it and he becomes basically remington still so the two of them are off solving cases um, apparently there's always romantic tension between them but uh, i never saw any of it we all know that pierce brosnan was given uh the James Bond role for The Living Daylights, but then Remington Steele was renewed for one more season. Yep, got in the way. So then he did not get to play James Bond at that time. But also at the same time, the female character in Remington Steele was also going to play the uh, female cop in RoboCop. Yeah. And she had to not do that as well after it was renewed. Ah, dang it, Casey. You know, we can't keep picking the same thing. So we didn't pick that on this one. But I did pick someone that looked that looks very, very close to Pierce Brosnan. This is Murder, She Wrote, starring oh Angela Lansbury. <laughs> She's so debonair. So much. Have you seen her in a tuxedo? <laughs> so this show, uh, the plot is professional writer and amateur sleuth Jessica Fletcher uses her intellect, charm, and persistence to get to the bottom of every crime she encounters. Starring Angela Lansbury, as I said before, it went from 84 to 96. I counted. That's 50% in the okay. 80s. I'll allow it. It works. Uh, 12 seasons, 264 episodes, and four TV movies. You can watch this one on Peacock and Freebie. But she lives in this place called Cabot Cove, which is a small coastal community in, in Maine. 
The problem is, and I think I'd like it because it's it's a mur- it's like a kind of a murder mystery. Sure, I love those kind of shows, like yeah. figuring out who done it. But with Angela Lansbury, who I also really enjoy, she's delightful. But the thing about this show is, uh, murder occurs with such regularity in her vicinity that the term Cabot Cove syndrome was coined by real police officers to describe to describe the constant appearance of, of uh, murders and dead bodies in remote locations. <laughs> and in fact, if Cabot Cove existed in real life, it would top the FBI's national crime statistics <laughs> in its numerous categories and saying it would be above the homicide rate of even the real-life murder capital of the world, which is currently Colima, Mexico. Wow. So, so many murders happened on the series. They're like, wow, what's happening in Cabot Cove? Murder she did. Yeah, <laughs> right. Maybe. She's got to be behind this to sell books. Well, she's yeah, she's a writer, and then she's also you know mystery solver. Yeah, there was also a fun a crossover episode between this one and Magnum PI, where the two helped each other out. Angela Lansbury and Tom Selleck working together, like, and this was like a revolutionary, like, yeah. not revolutionary, but like the crossover happened on both Murder She Wrote and on Magnum it's PI. A handsome couple. So yeah, yeah, I ship them. <laughs> <laughs> so Murder She Wrote, I plan on watching it. All right. And Kent, it's now the Fall Guy because I'm going Apparently. to watch that show. I'm the Fall Guy. I swing on vines and catch some bounties. <laughs> he right? talks about how he's the unknown stuntman because you know he doesn't uh, get the girls. But my choice is Remington Still. Oh, what? so uh, much matchy matchy! I actually watch Remington Still today. It's on Amazon Prime, and it is definitely an '80s show where uh, it set the precedent for a lot of like. You know, this man and woman get together. They shouldn't be working together, but they solve crimes. Like the Scarecrow and Mrs. King all over it, again. It, well, that, no one really knows what that is, nope. but also another 80s show. Simon and Simon. But there, it still is Pierce Brosnan. You still have the swagger of Pierce Brosnan in this show, and it's fun to watch. He does have his accent in this show, he right? He does, okay, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, like, like you said, he's a con man and everything. But because the show is called Remington Steel, every single episode has steel in the title. And here are just a few examples. Steel hanging in there. Steel among the living. Second base, steel. Wow. Steel sweet on you. And thou shalt not steal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For that reason, you I hate this my show. favorite title episode, though. Yeah. <laughs> when you're gone. <laughs> Thank you for that, Joel. You, you steal the one. Little, little mm-hmm. mama I watch one episode. I'm like, I bet I would have liked this one back in the day. I don't know if I could watch every, I think it's like four to five seasons now. But I'd be willing to give it a shot because Pierce Brosnan is that likeable. And, St- and Stephanie Zimbalist is yeah, the uh, she's female great. lead. She's great. So that's my choice. All right. Zero Zach points that round. Even for Remington still, huh? I know of it, okay. obviously, yeah. uh, due to the James Bond fandom. I've seen scenes, but I've never properly watched the show. Hmm. Okay. Final category here. The character you wished you could be. Joel? All right. So the character... That I wish I could be. Oh, Joel, wait. I hope we don't match. I hope none of us match on this one. I think we may. Yeah. We because we I just dropped a whole bunch of paper clips on the ground, and I know exactly what to do with them. I'm going to MacGyver them. You can keep your mullet. Yeah? Is oh, that, yeah. You do this this is not my choice. Oh, come on. Who doesn't want to be MacGyver? Uh, I don't. So, MacGyver, if you don't know, the adventures of a secret agent armed with almost infinite scientific re- resourcefulness. Imagine if Mark Rober on YouTube was also a secret agent. Okay, that's cool. Uh, is he not? <laughs> he, got, he may be. <laughs> Starring Richard Dean Anderson as MacGyver. Uh, this ran from 85 to 92. Seven seasons, uh, 139 episodes on ABC. You can watch this one on Prime Video. But... This has become a term. MacGyvering something basically means taking random scraps and like making a solution out of it. Because he would constantly find himself in these horrible scraps where he'd be like, okay, I got a Swiss Army knife, some duct tape, and some matches. 
He's able to create a bomb. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing what he was able to pull off. And I was like, if I had that know-how, if I mm-hmm. had that knowledge, I would be so happy. Because everyday situations, I can't figure out sometimes how to get a screw out of the wall when it's been stripped. MacGyver could. Yeah, he could. And, and Like I, a gum wrapper. Yeah. So, and whenever they actually did consult like real scientists mm-hmm. and physicists to figure out, and engineers to figure out if something could really be done. And they, they did do real life stuff, but they also said, yeah, I'd have to be really lucky to have this work, but it could work. <laughs> and whenever they were doing things where they had to do like explosives or poisons, they always did it in a way that masked what they were doing to the public. They didn't okay. want them copying what was happening there. When it was finally canceled near the end of it, because uh, there was some weird like stops and starts as it ended. A lot of these shows, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Richard D. Anderson, they asked him about the ending, and he just said, the only reason it went off the air is because everybody was ready to move on. He said, I was physically exhausted, and I had no life. Oh. So thank you, MacGyver, for your Been sacrifice. There. If I could have your know-how, your scientific know-how, I would be a better person. All right, Joel, you may be a better person, but you have horrible fashion sense, as we established yeah, the, in previous the season. Richard Absolutely. And his jacket, his windbreaker he was wearing. Uh, there's a leather jacket. That was cool. No, that bomber he, jacket. It was lame. Compared to Magnum P.I., which is the only oh, one. Okay. <laughs> Listen, he had the coolest outfit. I'm not a big fan of Hawaiian shirts, but when you're in Hawaii, those short shorts and those shirts, so cozy, right? You have to have the stash, too. All you need is the stash to keep you warm. And that's a manly sash. Oh, is it? The best stash? Mm. Um, it's Save, on the wait, Mount wait. Rushmore. Uh, Save it. Save it <laughs> for our mustache episode. <laughs> well, I've, I've had lots of this discussion in the barbershop. Yeah. It, it's on the Mount Rushmore. Ken, I am mustaches. not going to bash on your choice at all because I yeah. was very close to Right. Yeah, I think MacGyver's also great. Oh, I just, sure. Yeah, you say that now. You already hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I <laughs> But I'm MacGyver, so I repaired them. And I think Casey also chose Magnum PI as well. Am I wrong? Well, the uh, character that I wish I could be, uh, first name is Angus. No. His name MacGyver. MacGyver! What? Think about this. You wake up in the morning, your hot water heater's broken. Are you taking a cold shower? No. You're getting your Swiss Army knife out, you're getting duct tape out, and you're fixing it, and you're taking a hot shower. Uh, that's a lot of work. Uh, Not from a Hey, when you live in Hawaii, it's always a hot shower. By the way, because he lives in a millionaire's villa. For free. He just does well, missions for him. Before, before we move on back yeah. to MacGyver. Well, I was going to say, we, we can talk about MacGyver Well, we can just compare. Yeah. Mine is a, I'm, I'm like, I'm now, this is a battle. He's a former Navy SEAL and a Vietnam vet. This was also the first time that was kind of shown on a TV show. So the show had a little bit of depth. Like there was some PTSD here, but it was just fun adventures every week. Huh. Kent, that's funny. MacGyver served in the U.S. Army Special Forces as a bomb team technician EOD during the Vietnam War. Oh, Another Vietnam vet. In the same year? MacGyver can speak Russian, German, French, Italian, Spanish, and American Sign Language. He can also communicate with international maritime signal flags and knows Morse code. Yeah, you know what, you know what Magnum P.I. speaks? Seduction. The, yeah, I was going to say the language of love. <laughs> what more do you need with that mustache and that hairy chest? My gosh, always tan. Uh, and also... Uh, this was, Higgins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Higgins is, was there as well. Uh, Tom Selleck almost took the role of Indiana Jones at this time. You remember that? Yeah. And the writers, like, they, they wanted to make him like the male James Bond. He said, hey, that... No one's going to like the show if I'm just the James Bond type. Like, let me just be kind of the the approachable, charming jock. And so he says, I won't do Indiana Jones if you write Magnum P.I. better. Which Magnum P.I., we should clarify, too. I mean, uh, MacGyver is like a, a secret agent going around mm-hmm. and has to keep getting out of, of things. Magnum P.I., the story, you, know, you didn't give a plot. Uh, he's, a, he's a private investigator in Hawaii. Yeah. So and he's like works for a millionaire that you never see on the show. But then Higgins might be the millionaire. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to rewatch Magnum P.I. too because, I mean, the theme song alone it's and so the good. car, yeah. that's great. But 
I think I got to agree with Casey because I did. Well, you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and as someone that's a little uh, hair challenged, I would love the mullet. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, the mustache, you know, you just comb that up over too. So. <laughs> That's quite the comb over. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see anything, but you got I'm now picturing that. Please, please, please don't do that. Yeah, Zach, have you professional opinion. seen either of these? Nope. I get zero Zach points on that round. I Obviously, you don't go through and, and be involved in pop culture in any form and not know about these shows. Sure. But that yeah. doesn't mean I've seen any of them. I right. know what the MacGyvering of stuff is. I know all about how great Tom Selleck mustache is. But uh, I, I think he drives a red Ferrari in that yes, show. Yes, he as well. does. But yeah, I just I just have never seen them. MacGyver uh, drives a Jeep. If you wanted to. Know oh that. well, then I'd want to watch it less. Uh, <laughs> so I will say, gentlemen, here's a couple of uh, stats for you as okay. we wind down on this episode, uh, because you matched so much of the possible thirty options you could have presented you presented 24 wow, wow. Uh, which is also a good show not from the 80s yeah <laughs> yeah uh joel and casey you you guys matched up four times how is that 10. possible 40 percent the same joel and kent the fall guy you matched twice and then kent and casey one time okay I, as far as zach points goes so of the 24 options i got five points hey yeah. 20 percent <laughs> 20 Golden Corral points right there. I, I've, I've seen some shows. Yeah. Are there any particular ones that you remember that sparked your interest that you thought, you know what, I might watch that? Um, kind of the, the underrated ones that you watch, like Murder, She Wrote, is like, like you mentioned, Joel. That's, again, an omnipresent show. Mm. Um, and especially with Angela Lansbury's passing, I was like, I bet you I'd like that. I should check that out. Remington Steel, at least a few episodes for sure. Uh, I mean, the fact that I've never seen Miami Vice... It's a, that's yeah. kind of a legendary it's pretty one good. as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the the big ones on this list that I look at and go, yeah, I should I probably should have watched Family Ties at some point. There, there's definitely uh, at least I might go check the big episodes out or something. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you, uh, Zach, and thank you, Casey, for coming here on our show and being with us today and for choosing this topic. I do think at some point, gentlemen, we need to do a, a follow up in Casey's honor for 90 shows. Because there were so many of my answers that got killed yeah, because so they were true. like 89 to 95, you know? So, and then maybe we'll do a 70 show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> challenge the audience with the 70 show. Yeah, we'll, maybe. We'll sure. See. But let us know if, if you have any opinions on the categories we did today. We like it when you play along at home. So let us know what 80s TV shows you would pick for these categories. Remembering, of course, Casey's rule has to be 50% at least in the 80s. Let us know on Facebook. Let us know on Instagram. Let us know on Twitter. We want to hear from you. Casey, before we go, is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out to or anything you'd like to plug? I'd just say hi to my uh, wife and two daughters. Nice. To listen to this one. I usually make them listen to Bacon Cell episodes whenever we uh, take a trip and road trips. In the road trip. So they've heard many of the uh, tearing and Disney versus kind of episodes. Yep. So. Do they watch any of these shows? Do you know if they are fans of any of these? I know they've heard me talk about them before. But <laughs> That's I don't enough. Think my girls, I'm sure, have not seen hardly any of them, but... Yeah. Well, maybe this episode will open their eyes. Uh, hello to all you out there. And listening. sorry that he makes you listen on road trips. <laughs> <laughs> but before we leave, we'd like to thank our patrons. So starting with the I Am The Listener category, we have Sir and Madam Hicks, Shannon West, Scott Sprague, Ryan and Marley, Rocky and Steph, Lady Terry A. Finley, Juice, the Cooler King Swallow, Jennifer Kilkowski, Dave Kelly, Casey Cummings, hey! Briggs is Hot, Brayden Winterton, Angela Plotz, Andrew in the Cold and Dark, and Adam and Rachel Crump. Thank you, patrons. And from the Bacon Council, we have the one, the only Chris Anderson, Stephen, everyone's favorite Ross, Star Wars expert Kyler, our favorite couple, the Matsons, Nicole D. Kale, Johnny English, the Brick, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Glow Clan Daniel, Debbie Foster, and Beaker. Yay! 
Thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. You are the golden to our girls. <laughs> You're the fall to our guy. All you are that. the murder she wrote. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me at Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at TumblingMustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Please visit that Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bacon Sale. While you're doing that, stop by tpublic.com slash Bacon Sale, where you can get yourself some merch. We love to see it. And then if you like the show and you like what's going on further, you can go to Patreon.com slash Bacon Sale, where support starts at just $3 a month. All sorts of benefits, including including uh, suggesting show ideas, seeing behind-the-scenes content, and, of course, the almost weekly Pagan bits that we try to keep short and fail all the time. Mm. So until next time, beady, 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 That's not a guarantee. Might be from me. I feel geriatric and joyful. Study up. I had a flow and you ruined it. I'm sorry. Did we do that? Yeah, I'm right, Joel. I'm right this time. No. Baggy sweat pants and the read box with the strap. With the strap. I have been bad on the show lately and I'm going in timeout. Everything's coming up, Casey, right now. It was good. Oh, no, cut that out. <laughs> oh, gross, Zach. Oh, wow, Zach, why would you say that? I'm offended. That's ending up at the end. Don't play with live wires. They can shock you. Now we know, and knowing is half the battle. Scrooge McDuck is crazy. This yes. hurts so much. It does. <laughs> That's so weird. What does that mean? I don't know. Ancient Lamentations, baby. Absolutely I'm matching with everyone. Why can't I be my own person? We're going to have a sleepover and eat snacks all night long and yeah. drink jolt. Show me that smile. Yeah, it's... it's, a, it's <laughs> oh, what, yeah, Joel? Uh, I can't beedy, remember. Beedy, 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 no. Beedy. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Never hide in the fridge. Look how cool I am. I'm awesome. I'm going to ride a skateboard. I'm one of those people. I'm mad. I'm really mad. Raymond, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen him in the same room? Stop bashing the Muppets! Yeah, I'm I keep wanting to like you, so I push this out of my head. I just googled her. Stop! Ew! You make robots sound gross. Thank you, MacGyver, for your sacrifice. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch Butt. I'm going to. Yep. Joel. 